0: And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co host contributor at Mavs.com from another, a different, undisclosed location. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: Ryan Brokoff. Let's was go, a... rowdy B. The accountant is in the building. Ryan Brokoff was the best Australian on the court tonight. Oh, the spice early! Not even a minute in. I mean, it's tax season, especially in Philadelphia. And broke off, man. Let's go. Also, I'm all here for the Ben Simmons slander. So, just uh, we can, we can, yeah, that'll be a fun portion of this pot. He had 12 points tonight. All star. I mean, the next Magic Johnson. Some people think he's better than Luca. So shout out to you. I'm glad you had a good game despite Luca not playing in this game. You know, a game in which you know Luca's not playing. This is a game you step up and lead your team like you are uh, one of those players. And yeah, it's a great night by by Ben Simmons tonight.
0: Wow, wow, coming in hot early. All right. Obviously, on the show today, we're going to break down the Mavericks' 117-98 to win over the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. I came into this game, and I think I said right before the game, my confidence meter for the Mavs is not high. I was looking at that Sixers defense, they had all five of their starters, and when they have all five of those starters, they just destroy teams. I mean, they completely just stop their offense, but... They have not faced the best offense in the NBA so far uh, in the Dallas Mavericks. And they came and completely just did not know what to do against the Mavericks. And it was, it was wild. The Mavericks scored 117 points on one of the best defenses in the NBA. Another just incredible win. So we'll, we'll break down that game, talk all about it. Uh, I also want to mention, yes, we did not have a regular morning show for Friday. Uh, these next basically two weeks are going to be a little iffy as far as pods we'll, we'll try to keep communication whenever we're going to have them um, but Isaac is obviously traveling I will be traveling soon and so you know Christmas and all that stuff Christmas numbers are not super good <laughs> so we'll see what we end up doing but uh, but yeah just wanted to let everybody know we'll keep you guys posted on Twitter so follow us at MABS. also if you are not follow at Locked on NBA Net I am now taking over that feed and we're going to have some cool stuff on there and as always, it retweets all of the um, locked-on hosts, so you can. It's basically a feed of feeds where you can see all different kinds of, you know, guys that are covering the team just like us. If you want to know the Bucks, if you want to know the Pacers, if you want to know, you know, the Rockets, if you want to know what they're talking about, you can follow that feed. And uh, it helps me out as well. So go follow Locked On NBA Net. I'd really appreciate say, everybody
1: doing. I'll that. I'll say this too. I'm obviously I, I've said this whole past week. I'm back in Kentucky uh, with my family and stuff, visiting family and stuff this week. And I talked to a guy today. And he has no clue. He doesn't follow NBA very much at all. And I talked to him today today, and I was telling him about. He's like, "Hey, what do you basically do down in Dallas?" And I'm like, "Hey, work at a church, cover the Mavericks, all this stuff." I said, "Do this podcast called Lockdown Mavericks. It's every day." He goes, "Oh, Locked On Network. I'm a huge Titans fan. I listen to Locked On Titans every Let's single go. day." And it was just one of cool moment that. You know, obviously, I don't listen to Locked On Ravens. I should, but oh. I mean, we had the NFL, you know, side of the network, and obviously NBA side. So hockey, anyway, we have college
0: go. now. We have all kinds of different Locked On. So daily about your team, you can go check out all of those as well. So uh, I also talked to a friend of mine that does not care about the NBA at all. And he said, Luka Doncic. I said, yeah. He said, I was listening to NPR, and they were talking about Luka the other day. And I was like, oh. And he thought that – he immediately thought of me and said, I bet Nick is just having the time of his life covering this guy. And I was like, I do. I talk about him every day, five days a week. And I also do breakdown videos about him frequently. So I think about a 20-year-old person a lot. And I did not think at this point (laughs) in my life I would be doing that. So
1: I can't tell you how many times – Every time you go home, and especially if y'all are just just being Mavericks fans, and you have a casual NBA fan or somebody in your family over the holidays that wants to strike up a conversation with you and talk about your team with you, to you know, just have a conversation, and they'll bring up the Mavericks. How many people have called Luca different things to me over this past week? Hey, man, your new white boy in Dallas. (laughs) Okay, you got a new European. Oh Dirk's protege! You have Dirk's man. Who's this Luca? And then the butchering of Luca's name. And I want to get upset with him. Like, yeah, man, you should know this, but Reggie Miller still doesn't. So I'm like, all right, (laughs) this is his job, and y'all just don't. So uh, anyway, I just, it's fun. Luca is becoming. He doesn't need a nickname. Anything. Luca is this distinct name now. And anyway, let's not talk about Luca. He didn't play tonight.
0: He didn't, but he was there. I love seeing that Luca is there on the sidelines and that he's not you know just hanging out in Dallas doing whatever but uh, jump man jump man jump man love that he ooh maybe we'll we'll get into that no, no comment
1: we, no no, I, no 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 we'll, we'll get got, into that
0: when out. we have some more info maybe but yeah that's the uh, that's the rumor rumors so many rumors let's get into this game uh you can't talk about this game without two things besides Ben Simmons Tim Hardaway Jr 27 points he was 10 of 21 from the field he <laughs> took 21 shots normally when Tim Hardaway Jr takes 21 shots we're uh, a little queasy about it, but he hit seven threes, seven of his 11 threes. The guy was just, I mean, he was on fire. He was en fuego in the
1: game last night. I want to personally adopt the nickname Heat Check Hardaway for Ooh. when he's actually on fire and because that first quarter, he had, what, 19 points in the first quarter. That was unbelievable. It reminded me, <clears throat> do you remember when he was at the sophomore rookie game when he went head-to-toe? Head to with Dion was it Dion Waiters? I was think? it him he and went, Waiters? That'd be two on. That'd be two like on I, point. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. And Hardaway was on. I guess it would be the Hawks. At, no, he's on the Knicks. I think. And Waiters on the Cavs. It was in, anyway. It reminded me of that. Hardaway was so confident and feeling it so much tonight. That, yes, it man, was.
0: It was them in 2014. There's a whole bunch of YouTube videos. As soon as I put in Dion Waiters Rising Stars game, it was against Tim Hardaway Jr. That's hilarious that it was those two guys that went off yes. in
1: the game. But that, that's what it reminded me of. And man, I mean, what an incredible first quarter for him. I mean, great game overall. It went 7 11 from three. But for the past couple of games, he's obviously been struggling a little bit. We talked about it on the pod a few nights ago. But, or yeah, a few nights ago. And what a bounce back game for him, especially against, you know, a solid defensive team like Philly.
0: Yes. And the other thing that we have to mention 22 points, 18 boards, a career high, and three blocks for Kristaps Porzingis. Our guy, 20 and 10. Four games in a row. Last person to do that, Dirk Nowitzki. That's a Maverick. Last Maverick, sorry.
1: I'm sure we'll talk about Porzingis more on this pod, but just the the grand scheme of things, bigger picture, zooming out a little bit, this is kind of scary for other people right now because Porzingis looks like, Every game now, he's becoming more and more himself, more comfortable attacking the rim, more dunking the ball, more. I know dunking just sounds like a simple thing, but him dunking the ball more, (laughs) I know, but it just it it seems like it's. I feel like that's a a way you can measure his confidence meter and just how well he's playing. And man, he just it's getting scary now because it does. It it feels like every game over the past week or so that he's just getting better and better and more comfortable. And if you go back to that that podcast right when Luca got hurt, we went on we went back and forth about this of man, we hope that this is a debate. We hope Porzingis uses this time to, you know, show everybody what he is, get gets on the right track, plays really good to where we're having this conversation of, oh man, when Luca comes back, how can they fit together and keep this up? And and right now, I mean, you want to count the heat game with the Luca, but I'm going they're two and one right now without Luca.
0: Yeah, without the shot, with with going into the game, knowing that they don't have Luca. Yeah, they're two and one without the the shock of losing him, which
1: which is incredible when you look at this five game stretch because now Toronto's coming up on Sunday and Toronto doesn't have half their team. And I mean, you don't want to just already pencil it in as yeah. a win, but it's no Marc Gasol, no Siakam, Pro- no might Ibaka be the easiest thing. of
0: this stretch: the Miami Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Raptors. Might be the yeah. easiest of that stretch because of all the injuries.
1: Yeah, and, and mean if you pull off that win, that's out of these five teams that you, you've played, I mean that's what, three and two, right? Three and two, that and is, you only lost yeah. by six to the Celtics, <coughs> and the Miami
0: game was close as well, right? I can't remember what the
1: Yeah, I mean and that I mean that's just four when
0: you're four and six <laughs> where your only two losses if that happens.
1: Absolutely insane when you when you just think about it as far as being without Luca. I mean they're I mean, a very real possibility to go zero and five in that stretch without Luca. And the fact that they could pull come out of this five game stretch, we don't get ahead of ourselves. But if they do beat Toronto, yeah. just the fact they're two and two right now with road wins over Milwaukee and Philadelphia, this is incredible.
0: I said when this five game stretch started, I'd be happy when, when we knew Luca was going to be out. I was like, two wins, I would, I would be okay with two wins over this stretch. Like I would almost be ecstatic. And here we are with the two wins. All right, coming up, let's get into the game and break it down. There's a whole lot of stuff to get into. Uh, Joel Embiid had a monster night. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about. We'll t- we got to talk more about Rowdy B. Of course, we got to get into yeah. it because someone on this podcast needs to take a victory lap, and we'll get into that coming up next.
1: Start stretching, Nick.
0: All right, Isaac. Let's get into it. Rowdy B. Ryan Brokoff, the Australian, the Aussie. 18 minutes. His his high for the for the season. Do you know how many minutes before this game he had played? this season I was gonna say, is
1: this his total for the whole season? Is
0: not. He's played twenty seven <clears throat> minutes all season. He had another game where he played like twelve minutes. Okay. which kind of boosted that. But yeah, he's played 27 minutes all season and then he played 18 in this game. Uh I think this is the reaction to the Justin Jackson, you know, kind of struggling. And if you listen to this podcast daily, you know, and a lot of people were were congratulating me uh telling me to take a victory lap, but I mentioned after the last game, after the Celtics game, that I think that they should play Ryan Brokoff instead of Justin Jackson. And you know, I like Justin Jackson. I
1: like. I said it was a hot take too. You said it was a
0: hot take, uh, and a lot of people thought it was a hot take. But I like Justin Jackson shooting. I like his floater game. But I just I need more. You're not giving me enough to to you know to warrant minutes here. And so Ryan Brokoff comes in. He has eight points, two boards. He plays 18 minutes. Uh, He plays the patented scrappy you know defense that you want. From an uh, an Aussie, right? Like, if you're gonna do the the whole like oh the stereotypes, then he fits that, right? <laughs> Not an incredible defender, but at least he'll he'll, he'll really try. And uh, yeah, I'm taking the victory lap. He got he, Rick Carlisle listens to this
1: podcast. How you doing, Rick? <coughs> How you doing, Rick? He just turned it off. Uh, He's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, broke no, no, off. He looked to his left. He
0: looked he looked at Mosley, they're all listening to it in the uh, in the plane. They know. Ended
1: it. But why? <laughs> why? Uh but <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> but yeah, broke off man coming in. As soon as he came in, you're like, Holy crap, I immediately thought of Nick. And I'm like, there's No, there's no co- way he came in first He's, quarter. <laughs> He's playing for Justin Jackson and Yeah, I said it was Hottish Take the other day because, you know, there were a lot of people that were clamoring for Justin Jackson to be the starter this season, be that fifth starter and – yeah, he yeah he literally did. There's a lot of a big portion of the fan base that wanted that, and uh, I didn't think he was going to be that. I didn't yeah I thought he would be part of the uh, bench rotation. And this I don't think this means that he's done for good or all that stuff. But yeah, I think this does show that hey they like the spacing that Brokoff you know gives out there, and he came in drained a three he drained that three at the buzzer That was DeLon nice. right. Dillon Wright had an amazing steal in that play too. Sets broke off, you know, up for the step-in three there at the buzzer. Nothing but net, and I, I just love that. It's another example of a guy who hasn't been playing, hasn't been, you know, on a consistent rotation minutes type thing. And whenever his net number is called, he can always step in and hit a shot. And you know, this, you know, tonight he hadn't been sitting on the bench for at least two hours, so it was good. <laughs> Yeah, he was more warm at the beginning of the. <laughs> the oh, game. I love
0: when we stretch inside jokes through multiple pods. Um, and I don't think that I don't think that Ryan Brokoff necessarily like completely overperformed and like totally showed why he should play instead of Justin Jackson, right? Like, I think that case yeah. can be made that you know he it's not he hasn't guaranteed that spot now, but I just I wanted to see a different look. Justin Jackson was just not playing defense very well at all. they were getting killed when he was on the floor. And I just thought that they needed a different look there, but
1: yeah. So I mean, it basically comes down to if both players are going to be bad at defense, wouldn't you rather have the, the better shooter? There you go. Yeah, yeah. If he's better at the
0: thing that Justin Jackson has been good at, which Justin Jackson wasn't he? He was forty percent from three, right? Right now, or he he was for a while. Um, okay, here's here's a question from a listener. Let's get. let might as well get into this instead of breaking down uh, the game. From Nicholas Flower, it's time to start talking about Rick Carlisle instead of Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle for Coach
1: of the Year. It's time. I mean, it really. yeah, I mean, it really is. Especially when you think about it. Think about it from the perspective of like how the NFL does it. And right now, I saw this projection the other day for the you know, NFL, like Coach of the Year, and a lot of people have the Bills. And the Bills head coach, McDermott, as like a leading candidate for this. And a lot you know, the Bills doesn't doesn't have I mean, I know the Mavericks have, you know, Luca, obviously and Porzingis, but a team that's kinda if you want to say overperforming, overachieving yes, a little bit, that's putting everything together, that's going to be in the playoffs and everything. But I mean, of course, I mean you look at what Rick's done with it's kinda kind of twofold because you want to stay here and praise Rick but not take a shot at the roster either like, look what Rick's done with this roster and, but yet we're you know gonna hype up these. I mean guys he's
0: too. maximi he, he's maximized it. Though and they yes. won these games without Luca and that's that's an amazing thing to put on a resume for coach of the year. If the if the NFL did coach of the year like the NBA does, then like your Ravens, John Harbaugh would win coach of the year because they're they're one of the best teams and have you know the star player that won win a bunch of games, but they don't do it like that. And so we'll see we'll see when it comes down to the end <laughs> of the year. But yeah, we're on we're on board that Rick Carlisle.
1: I can't I can't get over the Rick Carlisle that Mark Jones was Rick doing. Carlisle. Rick Carlisle Rick Carlisle. Mean, Donny's not gonna get the. He's not gonna yeah. get the executive of the year award this past, You know, this summer the Borzingas uh, trade or, was last.
0: Was last season.
1: Yeah, he's not gonna get that. You know, you're probably looking at, um, you know, somebody with the Clippers. You're looking at. I'm trying to think. Somebody, maybe Brooklyn. Even though I think, it, I mean, I think they, it's like,
0: Clippers to lose. I mean,
1: yeah, I, I think it has to be the Clippers. But you know, I got a text that right after the game, and this I brought you know Donnie's name up. But it was right after buzzer ended. I got a text from somebody uh, connected with the organization a little bit, and they said, "Remember how everyone gave Donnie heck for how he orchestrated this roster over the off season." And remember, It's true. I remember mean, when they didn't sign Patrick Beverly and and gave Danny Green, you know, a lower offer than the Lakers did. Exactly. You know, he. I feel like people. Some people tried to start some hashtags. People were really upset with everything and how just how everything went this summer. And, <laughs> where's
0: our guy with the eagle avatar with the with the eagle? Oh my gosh. Where's our
1: guy with the eagle
0: profile pic? Like, where is that guy? I'm pretty <laughs> sure i have him changed. muted, but he is very anti donnie Nelson. I wonder what he thinks right now.
1: The mute button on Twitter is amazing.
0: Clutch. Some of you guys might be there. Sorry.
1: <laughs> They're <laughs> tweeting at you right now just to see if you're. Uh, Nick, respond now, to this
0: and I'll see if I'm mute.
1: <laughs> just Donnie uh, bringing her on into the front office role. Uh, just how the front office went about, uh, kind of piecing this roster together with these guys, with these deals for Maxie and bringing back um, Finney Smith and the deals for DeLon Wright and Seth Curry, bringing those guys in and their fits. It's just I think Donnie deserves more credit than what he's getting now, and I think he'll deserve more credit than what he'll get after the season too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get into the game. The Mavericks came out, and the Sixers early went an 11-2 to run uh, halfway through the first quarter, and this is when my confidence meter was even running as low as possible. The Mavericks had only scored five points. Uh, this is kind of crazy. The Mavericks scored five points six minutes into the first quarter, or yeah. s- six five minutes into the first quarter. And then they ended up scoring 30, 30 more points the rest of the way, which is a pretty <laughs> great run for the Mavericks. The Mavericks took a timeout and immediately went on a run after that. They started running the 2-3 zone, which they ran zone a ton in this game.
1: That's their thing right now.
0: That's, I mean, that, that's what you have to do if you don't have great individual defenders, which the Mavericks really don't. They have DeLon, they have Dorian Finney-Smith, they have Maxi to some extent, they have Porzingis as a rim defender, and they're just kind of piecing together a defense. And the Mavericks last time I checked were 15th in defensive rating, which if you're number one in offense and 15th in defensive rating, that's a playoff team. Like That's a, that's a yeah. legit playoff team. And we Heck are yeah. a, a good amount of the way through the season. So if some of you, you know, I wonder if some people are still kind of, Hesitant to really embrace this Mavericks team as okay, this is a, this is definitely a playoff team. Those numbers would tell you that this is a playoff team. This team is playing really well. The record is not a fluke, right? You're not you're not just winning some of these games by the skin of your teeth. This team has real, you know, gravitas. I don't, what, what, what word am I looking for? They have, they have real stuff. They have the stuff like a pitcher would yeah. have stuff. They have the stuff to back it
1: up. Yeah, they do. I think. I don't I don't think there should be a lot of people right now questioning whether this team is a playoff team. This team is a playoff team. I don't think team. there is a lot either. I th- I think the bigger question is and it's still it, it still is a big question for me and I think it will be for everybody no matter how you want to argue it, until you see it in action is can this depth, can this lineup, can this roster compete at a playoff level? Yeah. That can can they compete in the playoffs at, at the playoff at the postseason type of basketball level that they're gonna have to play at to move forward because. We've talked about this a thousand times. It's just a totally different type of basketball. That's when stars come out. That's a lot of times when role players, uh, especially depth pieces, they don't play up to maybe what they've been used to playing in the regular season. It's just, it's a different type of basketball. So you want to see how this translates to the playoffs and you just can't predict that right now until you see it in action. But that zone defense thing, <clears throat> you know, they were, they went down 13 to five in the first quarter. They went to zone, went in a 10, to three run yeah. after that. And you know you don't want to set her in, oh it's just because they went to zone but it just those teams off and there a lot of teams just haven't found a way to figure that out yet well the sixers it's a
0: perfect off it's a perfect defense against them because they don't have the shooters to break it right if you run a zone against somebody the way to break it is to hit your threes and the sixers weren't doing that they couldn't
1: hit their threes and but the thing is, Dallas is running this against teams that can hit threes. It's, it's, they're, true, like, yeah. daring them to hit it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to run that against Philly because they don't have the shooters.
0: The thing that you also see with this Mavericks team is they have buy-in. And even with Luka, this is not just a non-Luka thing. When they run zone like that, they have buy-in from all the guys. You see guys closing out hard. You see guys trying really hard. This team has kind of woken up to the fact that they belong in these games, but they have to – they belong in the game, but they have to try hard. Nothing has been – Nothing is deserved to this team. They have to earn everything, which is an amazing place to be as a team and as a coach. You know, for Carlisle, he has to keep that mentality for this team, right? That, that they have yeah. to earn everything that they're given, and that it's kind of it's kind of cool to have some of these guys that have played in terrible situations, and the Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks players that have been there a while, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, even Maxi Kleba, and guys like that that have been on these bad teams that are that are now feeling like the underdog still. And now they're on this good team that you know should be favored in some games, but they're still closing out, playing defense hard. And I think maybe part of that is the fact that you're not guaranteed minutes every night either. You have to yeah. go out there and play hard. And if you're Justin Jackson and not playing defense well, you're going to get benched for you know Ryan Brokoff, who just retweeted my tweet of, of his highlight where he hit that three, <laughs> and uh, the caption for it is "Quick books and quick looks: The Ryan Brokoff story." He said that? No, he retweeted retweet, that. <laughs> <laughs> he retweeted that tweet and it says
1: Quick Books and Quick Looks. <laughs> that's hilarious.
0: Oh, man. That's so funny. Always tag Ryan Brokoff in your highlights. He'll retweet them, I guess. The moral yeah. of the story.
1: Oh, man. That's so funny. That makes me laugh that he retweeted I love that he just embraces the accountant thing. But anyway, uh, uh, I mentioned this the other day, but this team loves playing together. And it's, yes. that's an uh, I mean, that is an understatement, but it's also a huge thing for this team. And you saw KP talk about it after the game. Brad tweeted out a video and check that out just about the team chemistry. And I go back. Somebody DM me this the other day and they said they literally DM me and said, I got chills when you uh, read the <laughs> I got chills when I when you chills. read the the Brunson uh, quote from from media day about the team chemistry and stuff, yeah. and when I mean, before the season even started, it, even if you go to my my Twitter um, profile, I guess at locked at oh my gosh
0: at <laughs> Isaac L Harris.
1: It's it's my pinned tweet from the beginning of the season, and and in this tweet I put a Brunson quote. that says, "If we are winning, I think it is because of how close we are," hmm. and this is what he said before the season started. And these guys love each other. These guys love playing together, and. There's teams across the league. I mean, this is one of the biggest things is trying to accomplish team chemistry, trying to accomplish relationships on your team. And Dallas has done that so far, and that's just something special.
0: You got to love it. All right, coming up, let's break down the rest of this game. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a crazy run in the first quarter. We'll talk about him, talk more about Porzingis, his career-high 18 boards, so much to get into. And Ryan Brokoff just quote-tweeted David Aldridge's tweet where he compares him to – Woody Harrelson's character from From Tropic Thunder, and he's <laughs> Ryan Brokoff quote tweeted it and said, "Hopefully I don't get traded for a washing machine." <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, we'll break down the more Mavs after this. All right, Isaac, let's start with Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. Heat check. He had 19 points in the first quarter. He was just completely on fire. What did you think about the shot selection? What do we think about Tim Hardaway Jr. And I had a, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is the most inconsistent player in the NBA, but this is my 50% player, 25% player, you know, this is the thing, This is, he's completely proving this rule, I think, uh, but it was really nice to see him have, you know, a big game, and the Mavericks needed it so bad.
1: I mean, I thought his shot selection early on was, was great. But, I mean, once he caught fire, then I wouldn't say those were good shots. <laughs> I mean, where they're ISO off the dribble shots. But they're going in. It's it, Heat check Hardaway. When you hit a few shots and you're feeling it and you're keeping the Mavericks in the game, then, hey, you have the green light to shoot some of these bad shots. And they were going in. And I mean, it was hard. You can't watch that Tim Hardaway first quarter not be hyped for him. The, you can just watch the bench just going nuts about it. Yes. So, yeah, super fun first quarter.
0: Yeah, and it's fun to have the you know the Mavericks behind him like that and not feel frustrated like oh he's taking these shots and blah blah blah. But it's cool that that the Mavericks finished off the quarter at 26 and 12 in the last six minutes. Dang, pretty good run for them. Philly had seven turnovers. I thought that was huge early. Philly was just turning the ball over all over the place. The Mavericks ended up doing that in the second half, but uh, Philly was doing that in the first quarter.
1: What about Joel Embiid guarding Maxi on the perimeter? We can get into that three
0: times by our count. Maxi had the ball in the perimeter. Joel Embiid was face guarding him, and Maxi did a pump fake, jab step, or whatever, drove into the lane and got an and one twice, and then got a huge dunk against Joel Embiid. I mean, that's that's the stuff that we haven't seen from Maxi in the past that we have seen this year, and we've seen it a lot this year. That changes the dynamic of. You know, a one-dimensional player. Maxi, at certain points in his NBA career, has been a one-dimensional player. He's either just a jump shooter, just a catch lobs, just a post guy. But adding that to his game makes you such a different player because then that's two levels that you can score on. We talk about, you know, he's scoring on three levels. Luka can score on all three levels. The three-point line, mid-range with his floater game, and he can shoot mid-range shots if he wanted to, and then at the rim. For for bench players, you want them to score at at least one level. But if you can make it two, then that's something that's something special. And Maxi being able to do that, you know, moving the ball, kind of catching Joel and beat off guard for sure. Probably in two of those, and the third one, he just felt bad about it, <laughs> fouled him. But that was massive. I
1: thought. I'm still waiting on Ben Simmons to get the other two levels of scoring. Uh, but basically, he's scoring at the same level now as Maxi's rookie yeah, it's year. It's one but. of the
0: problems. <laughs>
1: Uh, but no, I mean I I loved uh, Maxi really Maxi KP you you started to see some of these bigs in Dallas system now being able to pump fake and get to the rim it, they've shown that they're a threat from the outside you see Embiid I mean the KP kind of cherry on top tonight where he just drove the lane and dunked it one handed that was maybe my favorite play of the game because it was the you know final cherry on top play but it was also a confidence thing for him but. I mean, yeah, the the maxi drives against Embiid and stuff, it's just huge. I mean, we we love Maxi. I'm still in the camp that I, I want Maxi to start off Dwight Powell, but oh well, Dwight's a great addition to the team.
0: Yeah, and well, Dwight Powell has shown that the pump fake and drive thing too. I don't think that, you know, <laughs> I don't think defenders should be falling for that pump fake. I mean, even in the first quarter he was taking jump shots and every time I think we
1: texted each other about it. <laughs> There's a reason why he's open so much. I mean, yeah. this this is a there's a reason. Not why a, not
0: that, a so. new thing. Uh, okay, one thing I do want to talk about in this game is in the fourth quarter, with seven minutes and forty seconds to go, the Mavericks are up by nine, and they looked really disjointed over a couple possessions, and you could kind of feel a Philly. You can kind of, when Philly goes on runs, it's because of their defense. They get stops, they get out in transition. Ben Simmons scores in transition, makes good passes in transition. Like, that's when they go on runs. And then when they get stopped, Joel Embiid can take over. Obviously, he had a massive game. We haven't really talked about him, but 33 points, 17 boards in this game. Uh, yeah. The Mavericks get killed by guys like him, which, hey, if they can stop Ben Simmons, but they can get killed by Joel Embiid, you'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Mavericks look really disjointed. You could feel the makings of a Sixers run. And then Carlisle took a timeout, and the Mavericks kind of they kind of started to put it together after that. And then just four minutes later, the Mavericks had their largest lead at 17 points. And I just thought that that was, was massive, that he's willing to take those quick timeouts, and the Mavericks will respond to those timeouts. And they'll go, and they'll change some things. They'll fix some stuff. And I just thought that was a big moment in this game. It was a turning point because it could have become, you know, that that's where a game could have become a loss, or then it became, you know, this blowout-looking like win.
1: Yeah, Rick loves his timeouts. We know this about Rick. I mean, he literally called more timeouts than he was allowed one game. and just got texts for it because he loved timeouts so much. And that man. was when the maps were bad. <laughs> That's true. <yeah. laughs> Nobody cared at that point. But he did. But no, he did
0: though. That's my thing. Is that he cared yeah, he did, and he yeah. apparently wanted to win then.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, so Rick, Rick's not the type of coach you normally see to where you know a coach might you know step back. If a teams up by like fifteen, and a, a team goes out there and scores, you know, hits two straight threes. Rick's and the crowds into it. Rick's not really the type of coach to just let the team play through it. And Rick, you know, if they hit a three, and then they come back down and hit another shot. He's most likely calling a timeout and just settling everyone down, including the crowd, but your team too. And I mean, he's a he's a wizard when it comes to on the court basketball stuff
0: absolutely i just thought that was a big moment of the game um yeah anything else from this game that you want to bring out before we we move on
1: i just want to say brunson you know is a good basketball player highest plus, minus tonight, nine, 19 in place of luca he's still just you know rick brunson's dad was there yeah. uh and tend, i think he was on the front row if i'm not he mistaken, was right next but. to the
0: espn announcers they kept talking about him
1: Okay. Okay. So uh, I know he, you know, he likes playing up there in, in Philly, Villanova, and all that stuff. So uh, he's just he's just a steady presence for this team. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I talk about him a lot. So
0: Delon later. Wright in the same in the same vein. So Brunson had 11 points, seven boards. Thought so that was big. Delon Wright in the same vein. He had eight points, seven boards, four assists, and four steals. He's massive for this team. He creates stops. I think. At least two, maybe three of his steals turned into points, like became points off of turnovers. He had really good stops, and one of them turned into the Ryan Brokoff three at the end of the buzzer yeah. uh, in that first quarter. But he just, he just does really good things, takes care of the ball. His rebounds, I felt like, were all really big. He took a couple of them away from Joel Embiid. Two of them were offensive. He's just so important for that bench. He's so important for this team. And I'm just so glad the Mavericks were able to add both DeLon Wright and Seth Curry.
1: I mean, huge pieces, yeah.
0: You're at the point now where you're thinking, man, if you had to just pick, would you rather have Seth and DeLon Wright or just Danny Green?
1: (laughs) And it's, kind of hard right because you- well, I mean this is what's going into a lot of people right now on Mavs Twitter that enjoys trade talk enjoys trade machine and all this stuff and I feel like more and more people by the game is starting to land in that camp of hey let's just set post let's not do anything to where if Dallas did go out there and consolidate they did go out there and you know trade do a two for one trade or a three for one trade even if it was a big name even if they could land somebody like a Bradley bill which you, you can't because the extension stuff yeah. people would there would still be Mavs fans out there saying I can't believe we gave up so-and-so or we should have never gave up this person or this person and and it's just a testament of how good they're playing right now as a team and how all of these pieces right now are fitting together and how they're fitting together without Luka and yeah I mean this is just a, a fun stretch right now to be a Mavericks fan I was thinking tonight you know coming off this win super pumped super happy we just haven't it's just a nice reminder we haven't had this feeling over the past two or three years we haven't had this excitement about a team we haven't had this it's a nice reminder of going into every single game even these past games without Luca I mean without Luca we you feel like you can walk into most games right now and not get blown out off the top of my head Dallas hasn't got beaten gotten beat by 20 this year right or if I ooh, I don't know I'd have to look real quick but
0: I mean I just feel like they have three 40 like point wins I know that
1: that's yeah that's very true um it's just a fun team to root for. It's fun to cheer for these guys, and see how they play well together, and yeah, this stretch now, you know, they play obviously Toronto on Sunday, and if they can pull that off and go three and two over this top five stretch in the East, that's huge.
0: So they're only they're only non-clutch loss. So we've been talking about this a lot that the Mavericks have. Uh, What do they have? They have nine losses, and eight of them are in clutch games, where the game was within five points with five minutes left to go. The only one that was not was the 15-point loss to the Clippers. So that's their biggest loss.
1: I'll take that. That's the only one. That's crazy. It is crazy. Absolutely. That's a fun stat
0: to end on. Absolutely. There you go. Guys, we will be back for sure on Monday. And, uh, yeah, the week will be kind of interesting because it's Christmas. But, man, fun, fun basketball those being played even without Luca. Guys, thanks so much for looking listening to Locked On Maps. Peace home. Boom.